Good morning, I'm Reese Tebow with the Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202. It's Friday, July 10th. James is out, but I'm here again with the day's top headlines. Here are three stories you should know about. First up, on Thursday, the Supreme Court rejected President Trump's assertion that he has absolute immunity from investigation while in office, allowing a New York prosecutor to pursue a subpoena of the president's private and business financial records. And in a separate case, the high court sent a fight over congressional subpoenas for the same material back to lower courts because of significant separation of powers concerns. Since both cases involve more work at the lower level, it seems unlikely the public will see the Trump records before the 2020 presidential election. Our court reporter Robert Barnes says that the two decisions offer the court's most detailed examination of presidential power and congressional authority in decades. Chief Justice John Roberts wrote for the majority in both 7-2 decisions. The court seemed to avoid some tough questions in an attempt to achieve greater agreement. All members of the court rejected the sweeping claim of immunity promoted by Trump and his lawyers. In the New York case, Chief Justice Roberts wrote, In our judicial system, the public has a right to every man's evidence. Since the earliest days of the Republic, every man has included the President of the United States. Trump nominees Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh agreed with the outcomes of the cases. Justices Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito dissented. Trump tweeted his angry, inaccurate, and all-caps reaction, writing, Courts in the past have given broad deference, but not me. And next up, a story from economics reporters Jeff Stein and Erica Werner. The White House and congressional Republicans are exploring whether to restrict the number of Americans receiving the next round of stimulus payments, as conservative lawmakers face internal pressure to limit the size of the next relief package. In March, Congress approved $1,200 stimulus payments that have since been sent to as many as 159 million U.S. households. The size of the benefit diminished or disappeared entirely for those who earned more than $75,000 in 2019. As Congress begins to take up the next stimulus package, congressional Republicans and White House officials are weighing proposals to drop that number below $75,000. The exact number they will seek is unclear, and talks are fluid. One source cautioned that Republicans may ultimately revive the original proposal because of the difficult administrative challenges created by trying to narrowly target the checks. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has said the payments should be sent out primarily to help those earning under $40,000, but it was not clear whether he was suggesting that would be the new cap. Several Senate Republicans have expressed opposition to sending out another round of checks altogether while others have said they would support doing so if targeted for the people who are hurting the most. The move to limit the scope of the stimulus payments comes as Republican leadership seeks to balance pressure from conservatives to restrain spending in the next bill with the pressing economic and health needs throughout the country that's still in the grip of the pandemic. Numerous conservatives in both Congress and the White House have expressed concern that they have already spent too much taxpayer money fighting the virus. Lawmakers so far have already thrown more than $3 trillion at the pandemic response. 
And our last story comes from my colleague Jesse Darty, who covers the Washington Nationals baseball team. It looks like typical baseball. Feet chopping beneath pop flies, line drives finding grass, white chalk lines smeared by cleats. But there is one notable difference. All these people in masks. The Washington Nationals played their first scrimmage this week, and each coach and staff member had his face covered. So did Rowdy Reed, while he played first base behind right-hander Max Scherzer. Manager Dave Martinez leaned against the rail in the dugout and shouted directions through a mask all afternoon. And though this is a safety precaution, a way to limit the transmission of the novel coronavirus in a workplace, players and coaches have seen another use. Masks have already helped them adjust to some wacky rules for 2020, including bans on spitting, finger-licking, face-touching, and sunflower seeds. All four habits are part of the sport, just like throwing or catching a ball. Players and coaches have spent decades spitting out spit, spitting out seeds, or using spit to slick their fingers before pitching. Now, all of a sudden, they can't. Their second nature has to change. But having masks on in training, and around the dugout and clubhouse, could help kick some old habits. Under the MLB's new health and safety guidelines, spitting, sunflower seeds, and chewing tobacco are all off-limits, though bubblegum is still permitted. Outside baseball, a fierce national debate on masks rages on. People have refused to wear them in public spaces. Supermarkets and department stores have become battlegrounds. Of course, the arguments are politicized. Some feel that masking requirements are a violation of civil liberties. But public health experts, scientific studies, and the CDC all say that wearing a mask will limit the spread of the coronavirus. But inside baseball, a typically apolitical sport, masks are part of a larger statement. Some players have suggested that if they can run, hit, and work out in masks, then people should have no problem wearing them in their everyday lives. Superstar Mike Trout, the sport's best player, was photographed wearing a mask while he trained with his Los Angeles Angels. His mother Debbie then tweeted, If Mike Trout can wear a mask while running the bases, you can wear a mask going out in public. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, July 10th. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend and stay safe.